Welcome to Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. This is Patriot Radio News Hour, allamericangold.com. We're coming to you live from 1010 Family Values Radio in Arizona, also simulcast on 1360khnc.com, the roar of the Rockies. Well, good morning once again. Glenn Biddle, substitute teacher, sitting in for Double J and Eric. Our Colorado offices are open for business. Jason's man in the fort there, taking care of anything that you need to call in. To help, he'll help you out. Uh, Arizona offices are still closed this week. Uh, they'll be up uh, when they're up, so we'll, we'll figure that out. All right, a big shout-out to Robert G. G is in golf, who sent me a great message yesterday about fascism. As you know, I was giving the definitions of political terms yesterday because the kiddies you know, out from mommy's basement eating Hot Pockets and playing video games have no clue what they are saying or doing out there and so robert g's definition of fascism is actually very topical and, and spot on so here it is it goes big government along with big business working against the will of the people well that is absolutely correct that's the modern day version of fascism and you know even if you look back historically okay if you take a look at the german example of fascism and if you've ever seen the movie schindler's list that really comes to mind you know the ss set up uh, work camps and concentration camps next to businesses and factories and the nazi government allowed these businesses to exist and they provided cheap labor and the ss took a cut in fact they were making you know millions of, of marks doing this and uh, so yeah, the, the German state allowed businesses. They controlled the means of production. They controlled what was going to be produced. They allowed those business owners to actually function and get profits out of it. But the, ultimately, the, the Nazis controlled everything. That is definitely a definition of fascism. Our modern-day version of it, well, take, take it, uh, go back to 2007, 2008. Government bails out a company, takes controlling interest in that company, and uh, and then they direct what how that business is going to produce things think of general motors how they forced dealerships to take the uh, the chevrolet volt uh penn central the bailout of penn central the government ended up taking control of that uh just look at the creature from jekyll island i think it's in the first chapter on bailouts and it's it's spelled out right there g edward griffin definitely get that book the g the creature from jekyll island it, it's pretty pretty evident that uh there are some fascist elements of, of our economic system that that are happening here but hopefully we get back to capitalism i mean we're everyone's saying we're kind of moving socialist yeah so there's lots of different things here i mean if you think we have a free economy not happening also yesterday the four themes that i was talking about hypocrisy you're being lied to debt and the system well i mentioned the general who spoke at my daughter's college graduation at university of maryland well i, I couldn't think of his name then but i looked that's james clapper who ran the nsa and the main thrust of his comments at my daughter's graduation speech was to tell the truth now i went and looked up now while the graduation's going on I, i'm i'm incensed when when he's up there telling saying to tell the truth because i knew he had a gig at cnn where he's lying every night about it uh, about stuff that's going on he's a never trumper and i look i just typed in a search simple search did james clapper lie to congress well boom 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 there you go all these articles start coming up i actually posted one on the on the khnc facebook page you can go take a look at it yes he did lie but he got away with it and it's funny how the statute of limitations ran out on that so he, he didn't get charged and uh you know he's neck deep in this this uh russian collusion thing too and and the dirty dossier all that so maybe it'll catch up with him who knows um today is national meteor watching day 
Okay, hopefully if you see one at night, it's not a great big one that causes problems. Uh, it's also Social Media Day. Now, that is a double-edged sword, ladies and gentlemen. Social media can be very informative and interesting, but it can also be very cutting and it can be dangerous and a lot of misinformation out there. We'll direct you to our KHNC Facebook page. We put a lot of cool stuff up there, a lot of memes. Uh, the, the memes yesterday were incredible about that couple out in St. Louis that were defending their house. Some of the memes were pretty funny. Some of them were kind of hurtful. We're going to talk about that in the next segment. And the next segment, we have a special guest. We have Shelby Gallagher from Prepping 2.0 is going to be on with us. Uh, her website is Prepping 2-0. And she also has a three-book series called A Great State, which pretty much nails everything that's going on right now. Right down to the, the warlord name in Chaz. I'll let her talk about that when she comes on uh, sec- second segment. And... Uh, so we're really excited about that. So definitely going to be good. So taking a look at the markets real quick, the Dow's up 64 points and NASDAQ's up 136. Gold is rocketing up, up $17.06. Uh, let's see, we have silver. Let's see what silver's doing today. Uh, silver, Silver's up 53 cents. It's 18.59. so silver's jumping up. Anytime you can get silver below 20 bucks, that's a good deal, okay? Um, oil down 11 cents, 39.59. So you know where the Saudis like oil? They like the oil at about 80 bucks, and right now they're hurting. Uh, that's why I think the Saudis and Russia were in that little price war there earlier on in the year, which kind of backfired on both of them because it dropped <laughs> down to nothing. Uh, they've had a rough year. They had their oil field blew up and then, uh, you know, all this COVID-19 thing that had a backlash. Nobody was driving. There were oil tankers sitting everywhere full. That supply glut is probably starting to work its way out, but who knows? All right, when we come back, we're going to have Shelby Gallier from Prepping 2.0 going to be a great conversation. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. 1360 KHNC, Patriot Trading Group, Patriot Trading Group Radio News Hour. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the Patriot Radio News Hour. This is your substitute teacher, Glenn Biddle, sitting in for Double J and Eric, still a little bit under the weather. Uh, I'll mind the store the rest of the week for them, and as long as they need me, love to do it. Uh, We're very lucky today we have an awesome guest from the Pacific Northwest. So she has her finger on the pulse of what's going on up in the Chaz or Chop, Chazakhstan, whatever you want to call it, zone, plus Washington state politics, like what's going on up there. Because you know what, ladies and gentlemen, it, this is primarily the Arizona show. You are surrounded by liberalism out there, and, and they're, they're finding their way to your state, escaping the craziness. So we don't want them to bring that to your neck of the woods. So without further ado, uh, Shelby, are you with us? I am here. Can you guys hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Great. Thanks. We must have, uh, so I, I gave you an introduction. So, you, you know, you're, you're run Prepping 2.0 podcast. You're the website's Prepping 2-0. You're the author of the Great State series of three books, which nailed what's going on right now, right down to the warlord's name. Very close uh, adaptation of his name, which is amazing. And uh, so we just yes. want to pick your pick your brain on what's going on the first thing i'd like to talk about is the uh, the cul-de-sac commandos you know the people in st louis the lawyer and and his wife that came out and, and defended their homestead and uh, they're getting picked on quite a bit on on social media i just want to say right up front regardless of their political beliefs all that stuff okay they stood up and i got to give them that right because a lot of people would 
with the, and they called the police. Nobody came. They called their neighborhood watch. Nobody came. They're on their own. And I think a lot of a lot of people are going to be in that position right now in these big cities because the police either have been restrained or are not allowed to respond or are going to be so guarded in their response that they're really not going to go out of their way. And I hate to say that because these guys, you know, and ladies put their life on the line every day for us. And we support the police 110% on the station, no doubt about that. Okay. But what are your thoughts about that, Shelby, about the, the, you know, obviously the, the people were on a private driveway. They broke through a gate. So they're trespassing. Walk through it from, from your, from your prepping and your survivalist uh, background. So, yeah, I, I only just first heard about this yesterday after I turned off the news at about noon because I was done with it, and it just kind of flared up yesterday afternoon. Glenn, Glenn Tate comes home and says, did you see this? And I didn't. And, um, and then the memes, I mean, before I even saw anything on the news, I mean, if there's one thing conservatives are really, really good at, it's creating some pretty hilarious memes. You got to admit, we got that going for us. So what what I stopped and and part of the the fun that was being poked at this couple, and I'm going to kind of see, just call out the ones that I saw. Were there, you know, the he's wearing kind of a pink salmon colored polo. She's in her capris and her, you know her practical summer outfit. And um, they both, especially her, have a look of terror on their faces, depending on which picture you see. And I said to my Glenn Tate, I said, you know, that's what it's going to look like when a collapse happens. We're not going to be all kitted up. We're not going to have, you know, our camo on. We're not going to look like Angelina Jolie just came out of nowhere. That's what it's going to look like when... When, the, when stuff gets really spicy, it's not going to be practical. It's not going to be, it's not going to look like the movies. So good on them for doing that. And uh, good on them for, like you just said, defending their castle. And, and you just hit on another point that's come out. This couple is very much not a KHNC listener. Let's put it that way. We probably diverge very quite a bit, actually, a lot in terms of politics. They seem to be, from what I've seen, and again, I, what I'm seeing is very introductory. So it could change and it could be, you know how the truth always comes about five or six days later. So I'm, I'm always wary of that. Um, they're very left-leaning. They're libs. They support Black Lives Matter. There's been a couple of headlines I don't care where we are on the political scale, everybody under our constitution and the laws that we have in place have the right to defend their castle. And they did that. And they, I'm telling you what, he pro- they probably both needed a pair of new pants after that because <laughs> that would be terrifying. And you can tell that they're terrified when, but just by the looks on their faces. So good on them for doing that. Um, if, they're, if we're going to carry this out to the next degree, probably going to be some charges brought against them for defending their castle because we are now eroding our rights. I get that. But, um, I yeah, I think I think we got a really good snapshot of what it's going to look like if these marauding BLM, uh, Antifa, gang warlord leading, you know, terrifying looters and, and, and chaos creators – are allowed to continue their charge forward in destroying whatever's in their path. I think we're going to see more and more of this, and it's in one of these days someone's really going to get hurt, and it's going to be not a, a warlord. It's going to be kind of your 
your suburban lawyer in his practical pants is going to get hurt or killed. And that's when all of us are going to say, okay, this just got really real. So those are my initial thoughts, but and but this just has me so intrigued because again, these are these are not antifa types. These are not, you know, this wasn't a drug house. These were affluent people who are pillars of their community who just got the living daylight scared out of them. And it's that's where I think that changed the narrative a little bit for people who are watching it. But I, but Glenn, what are your thoughts too? I'd like to hear more of it because I. I'm still just like hashing this out in my mind. Yeah, so I've tried to find everything I can find on the, that's available out there on the web right now. And, and Tucker Carlson covered this last night, and he showed the the district attorney or state's attorney, whatever they call him out there in St. Louis, who is preparing going to prepare charges against them probably for reckless endangerment or you know something like that because of pointing the weapons. Actually, they were pointing the weapons more at themselves. I think when they're sweeping each other with muzzle, poor muzzle discipline and trigger discipline, but that's a whole other story. But uh, yeah. The, the mob is going to win on this one, I believe. Well, they didn't win that day, which is great. You know, they saved their day. They saved their house. They saved their property. And that's a great thing, right? And we want that We want that to happen. And I think the, the banding marauders, as you're calling them, are going to think twice next time they go into a suburban uh, enclave. Like, hey, these people have guns. And, uh, you know, we better watch out. It's not going to be a pushover. Hopefully it will not be a pushover because that's the problem. It's been a pushover in these cities because no one's armed. The police have stood down basically, either either being told to stand down like they did in Baltimore during the Freddie Gray riots. The mayor specifically told the police to stand down and give them room to destroy. That is a quote from the Baltimore mayor. She's gone now, but still, that, that was – that was what was told to the police, and and that that's crazy. So from a from a firearms training standpoint, I'm a firearms instructor. You know, yes, those people definitely need some training, and you know what? Um, good on them because now I think they'll go get it. I think they really will. And a lot of people went out and bought guns at the beginning of this pandemic. People that were never gun owners before, first time gun owners, and we're welcoming them into the crowd. Hey. Good on you. Thanks for coming in and exercising your Second Amendment. They actually saw what it was like to buy a gun. You know, that whole myth of, oh, I can just have one mail order to my door. Well, yeah, 1963 maybe, but not now. you got to go through all these layers of background checks, especially these blue states. You out in Washington State, man, you know what it's like to go through all that mess. And here in Maryland, you have to wait a seven-day period. You have to, you know, can only buy one regulated gun a month. I mean, it's ridiculous, some of the laws, magazine capacity bans, all that stuff. It's all, it's all a joke, you know, all of it doesn't deter crime at all it just makes the uh, law-abiding citizen have to jump through more hoops and puts them in more danger but we know that obviously but yeah um yes it is ironic that uh, they are black lives matter supporters i believe the litigator the the husband was actually trying or is defending a guy uh against the police for a excessive force complaint here's once again these people that are marauding don't know their history they don't know what's going on and as a history teacher it pains me to see this i i just cannot get over how dumb people are and they that's the product of inner city schools i guess i that that's all i can think what do you think shelby well i'll add a few things to that yeah the um to knowing the history, and folks, this is what I did just the other, just recently, I want to say the other nights, in the last week or so, has all of this has continued to just be awful. And and honestly, the race relations in our country have been brought to a fever pitch. And if you've listened to this show, you know that my son, my youngest son, who I based the character Joel off of in my books, um, he is, he's African-American. He's adopted. And, and it gets, and it's been 
weird. It has been weird, but it's like I feel I felt like I needed to sit down and talk to him. And I and I just pulled up one of these really basic histor- historical websites, and I said, let's just talk through the ten high level tenets of Marxism. Let's talk through that. This is what this stands for. And and we're having this conversation. I said, what do you think of when you when I read these to you? What do you think of it's you know it's the basis for communism. Got it. What do you think of when you think of communism? China. What do you think about China? They're mean and they hurt people. Yeah, right. And I'm, and I'm just buzzing through this conversation. And I said, now let me read to you a direct quote from a co-founder this week from Black Lives Matter. We are trained Marxist. Until this place burns down, we won't stop. And all of those just shocking statements that are, they, they're not trying to hide it anymore, that we are here to, to bring in Marxism, folks. And I said, that's why... I, you know, and I, we had a really, really good conversation about that. And what's shocking to me, here he is, you know, a young man in the public school system, not in the inner cities, and he doesn't know these things. So I, if you are a parent and you have your kids kind of struggling in this, because they're all on TikTok, they're all on Instagram, they're not on Facebook, because that's an old people place to go, but they're all, and they're getting very mixed messages and they're, and they're very, um, impassioned and they're very one-sided and I encourage you to go and just have you don't need to pull out a history book that's what you know Glenn here is for but pull up just some basic Marxism tenets and talk through this conversation and our conversation ended with look black lives do matter that those words are true all lives matter Asian lives matter Filipino lives matter South American, all of our lives matter. What I have a real divergent from what we, I think we all do here is that this organization that is Marxist in ideology and in its mission and, and, and in its violence to push for that. I'm not for that. I think uh, most KHNC listeners won't, but I think that's a great conversation to have with our kids. And especially it helps give them that grid as they watch these violent things happen in cities all over our country in St. Louis. Um, that's a that's a conversation I'll have with my kid and say, look, why, why do you think these marauders thought it was okay to bust through a gate and, and just take over someone's private property? And it's a Marxism is that all such thing as property rights and private property it's all state owned that's why they think it's okay to do that they also think it's okay to disarm people aren't we glad that that one hasn't been enacted so there's some great learning opportunities here and you don't have to be you know a phd in history but you can watch marxism just be battled out in our streets right now and it and and it was a good conversation i encourage people to have it it's it was pretty cool what are your how did i do glenn did i do okay on that conversation you sure did. I mean, there's so many things I want to say. I, I teach eighth grade U.S. history. So these my kids that I teach are, are not jaded yet. They're still willing to learn. So one of the things, one of the books we have them read is called The Red Scarf Girl by Ji Li Jang. And it's about the, the young girl who grew up during Mao's Cultural Revolution. And because her family owned property in the past, she was considered bourgeoisie. So she was punished. And her dad was an actor and, you know, obviously bourgeoisie job. And so she wanted to be this star student type thing. And they wouldn't let her because she was not proper. Okay. We'll talk about that when we get back. Halftime on a Tuesday. We'll be right back with Shelby Gallagher from Prepping 2.0. Stand by. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 
Presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. By now you've probably heard of the Little Sisters of the Poor. They're a charitable group of Catholic nuns who minister to impoverished elderly people in need. Unfortunately, they are more famous right now for their legal struggles than for their admirable charity work. For six years, the nuns have waged a fight for a religious exemption to the Obamacare mandate that forces employers to cover abortion-inducing birth control in their health care plans. Of course, for Catholic nuns, this would be a clear violation of their sincerely held religious convictions. Unfortunately, religious conviction doesn't mean anything to the pro-abortion leftists who have persecuted these nuns for six long years. The timeline of their persecution is infuriating. The Supreme Court granted the Little Sisters of the Poor a religious exemption from the Obamacare mandate in 2016. However, as soon as President Trump protected religious nonprofits in a new rule, pro-abortion states sued again to get the protections removed. If you're looking for someone to blame for this senseless persecution of charities, you can look to some very familiar faces. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi joined a letter calling pro-life conscience protection despicable, even though she claims to be a Catholic herself. She was joined by 148 other U.S. House members and 37 U.S. Senators. These leftists just don't get it. For them, the right not to support abortion is just a political talking point. All they want is another notch in their belt. It doesn't really mean anything to them. However, for the Little Sisters of the Poor and countless thousands of other religious charities who serve our communities, this is about their most deep-rooted convictions. This is literally life and death to them. And to force these organizations to fund abortion is as un-American as it gets. This isn't some dictatorship. This is America. Religious conviction is supposed to mean something. These are the same religious convictions that compel charities to feed the hungry, clothe the poor, and comfort the sick. The very best thing we could do for our communities is let religious people live out their faith with full protection of the law. We can't let the left turn conviction into a dirty word. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Do you like what you see at the Trump White House? Will President Trump continue to advance conservative ideals? At phyllisschlafly.com, you gain complete access to Phyllis Schlafly Eagles news updates and commentaries and can track our work on Capitol Hill. Go online often to phyllisschlafly.com. And thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. And welcome back to the Patriot Radio News Hour. This is your substitute teacher, Glenn Biddle, sitting in today for Eric and Joe. We are so blessed today. We have a guest with us who is awesome, somebody that predicted what is going on in our country right now. Uh, their, their slogan is patiently waiting the collapse, and I think it's here. So uh, we, we're not waiting for it anymore. So what you did before that was prepping to get ready for it. Now, everybody's a prepper now, right? Everybody's a prepper and everybody's a homeschooler. Two things that everybody used to scoff at, and now you, you're living it. So uh, that's where we are. So, Shelby, let's get right back into this. Uh, so, yes, what you did with your son, that's incredible to, to get that knowledge base there. And, and you know, what I was mentioning, The Red Scarf Girl by G. Lee Jang, you can look it up. It, it's such a great book. And it's a perfect, if you want to get your kids to figure out what is going on with with communism and marxism also read animal farm that's the the primer of 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 the 
Russian Revolution, how bad it was, right? Okay. The other thing that I do, I teach a two-week civil rights class to my eighth graders in, in, the, in the early spring. And the first thing I start off with is uh, it's a video from the American Experience called The Death of Emmett Till. And I'm not going to tell you what the story <sighs> is about. It is riveting. Okay. It is unbelievable what happened to that boy down in Mississippi. He was a kid from Chicago, didn't know what it was like down in the, in the South. Something bad happens to him. You know, the, the lady who started this whole thing recanted her story two or three years ago. And just, you've got to watch it. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it is unreal. All I'm going to say is, is that my eighth graders that are the little chatty kids, they are speechless after they see that. And you talk about an attention grabber, it is unbelievable. And I've got them hooked from, for the next two weeks on the civil rights movement. And that's all I'm going to say about that. All right, so we're talking about the cul-de-sac commandos. I think we've kind of worn that topic out. Good for them, you know. I, I mm. hope they survive their legal jeopardy if, if they get into it. He's a lawyer. He's a smart guy. He'll figure it out, you know. And we welcome these new gun owners. Don't scoff at them, folks. Teach them train them up get them get them started get them do the right thing you know just welcome into the fold that's what we want all the new preppers we want to welcome them into the fold we want to welcome those new gunners into the fold we're a, we're a open big tent and we welcome everybody right so let's real quick talk about chop and Chaz. there was some significant events yesterday i think there was a murder in of a 16 year old i think shelby and this is getting out of hand i, I said yesterday yes. this should have been stopped at day one but jenny durkin is a joke and I think she secretly likes what's going on up there. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. And, and, I'll, and I'll take a deep dive into this. I have some updated information from this morning. So, yes, there's been, sadly, another murder in the Chop Chaz zone, which technically, according to Mayor Durkin, yes, you're hearing sarcasm in my voice, was disbanded a week ago. Here's the one thing you're not hearing, though. And um, I got this... Um, and keep in mind, I live here. I watch the news cycle here. I did not hear this until um, I saw an interview with a radio host out of Seattle. The murder of that young man this morning was, he's a young African-American man, young youth, I should say, 16, he's under 18. The other um, young boy was 14, African-American. The murder that was last, the 19-year-old, within the chop zone, uh, we're having black lives snuffed out and and wounded um so it seems to me and i'm going to state the obvious here and yes there's sarcasm in my voice and and it's intentional if black lives matter of all the places ideologically that they should matter the most is within the chop zone and yet they're the lives that are being snuffed out right now i don't obviously we don't know what's going on because they're not letting anyone in to talk about what's happening or to do investigations or to, right, we've seen the police get shoved out forcefully by CHOP. Here's here's the flip side of the show with you last week. Um, Glenn, we talked about how um, it, it's hard to put to this CHOP on violence and now here we are at a point where it's like, all right, we need to disband this thing. I mean, how do you turn down a war? So here's kind of your timeline. About a week, eight days ago, Mayor Durkin, after the murder of the 19-year-old, came out and said, all right, all right, all right. Um, the violence within CHOP is too much. We need, we, we now, we're done. We're done with this. We're going to, I can't remember exact words, but this is now no longer 
uh, viable. Well, and, and I said to you, Glenn, last week, well, that's kind of funny because it was started on violence. So if that's your litmus test, why didn't we, why did you even let this thing kick off? So it's been over a week and, um, and Glenn Tate and I do know people who work security and are very near and close to the CHOP zone, just so you know. So we get some inside in- information. And I've asked about this. I'm like, all right, this thing, why don't we have the bulldozers coming in? And we already saw the footage on that. Bulldozer came in and somebody laid down in front of it. I get that. But why don't we have city crews coming in and cleaning up the streets? And why don't we have businesses opening up? And why don't we have restaurants sitting out their sidewalk tables and and why aren't we back to normal yet it's been over a week here's why and this is from uh people within that i know again that work around there that because they're doing private military i'm sorry not private private security for so many of these businesses and news stations and all of that there's because the police aren't there people are hiring just like minneapolis their own private security the reason why mayor durkin and this is the shocker said we're done Chop is no longer being wrecked. Whatever she, I can't remember her exact words. You know, she. Well, it's a. She did that. Is then that makes it so that the president has to back down his his uh, threat. She would see it as a threat. His uh, stand that if she doesn't take care of it, I will. So she comes out and basically says, "Okay, I'll take care of it." Chop is no longer, and has done nothing to back up her words. That's just like, you, you know, when you say to your kid, are you going to steal out of my wallet again? No, I'm not, mom. And then they do. That's exactly what she just did to get the president to stand down. So he has no official reason to come in and create law and order, which is just, if that doesn't set your hair on fire, it's a political move. She did it so that she could get him, him the president, off her back. And CHOP is still in place. How do we know it's still in place? Well, there was a murder last night. The other thing um, that you're seeing, too, is you're seeing the police chief, uh, Police Chief Best, she's an, uh, an African-American woman, basically saying, this is, this. we have to stop this. Um, she put out, she, Mayor Durkin, put out a t- on June 28th, so just a day or so ago. Um, this is Jenny Durkin, Mayor Jenny Durkin's, her way of handling CHOP. I will meet with Chief Chief Best to continue our work to move forward on many ideas, including how we reimagine policing and community investments and how that is reflected in the budget. So Mayor Jenny Durkin's first uh, tweet about this was, let's look at the budget and talk about it, not bringing the street sweepers, you know, getting, getting business, not going down to ground zero in CHOP and cleaning up that six-block radius. And I'll talk about that six-block radius here in a moment. Second tweet a few moments later from Mayor Durkin. And, oop, I'll leave it at that. I'll read it on the other side of the break. Yeah, we'll do it on the other side of the break. Good stuff about CHOP. Nice to have somebody that has their finger on the pulse. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Patriot Radio News Hour. Stay tuned. And welcome back to the Patriot Radio News Hour. This is your substitute teacher, Glenn Biddle, sitting in for Eric and Joe today. We have an awesome guest who is knocking it out of the park right now on Chop and Chaz, Shelby Gallagher from mm-hmm. Prepping 2.0. And your Shelby, your last podcast was about um, getting to know your neighbors and your community. And once you're done with Chop and Chaz, I want you to talk about that because you know those people uh, in St. Louis right now. If they didn't know their neighbors, they know them real well now because they're like, hey, we need to band together and make things happen, right? So finish up on Chop and Chaz, and let's talk about, like, the site survey and your community survey on, on how that works. Go ahead. 
You, you bet. And what I was, um, yeah, before we had to take a break, I was reading a second tweet from Mayor Durkin out of Seattle and what she's doing to create solutions, you know, and fill in whatever politically warm, fuzzy words you want to sit in there. But this is what she says. In recent weeks, this is a tweet, by the way, I've had more than a dozen meetings with organizations, black leaders and protesters. Right now I'm at City Hall doing the work. So her solution to this chop is to meet with black leaders, uh, organizations, and protesters. She's not meeting with business owners. She's not being meeting with property owners, residents who live and pay taxes within the chop zone. And she's at city hall. She's not actually in the chop zone, uh, telling people, "Hey, can we, you know, pack this up and peacefully move out so that we can come back to the city we love?" And she's not doing any of that. She is uh, placating, and I, like I said before, the the break i'm like she's placating um people out there to keep the heat off so that there's not anything else done and uh, the other thing i will say about chop everyone says it's a six block radius well again this is from the intel we have so you you all you're you're all hearing what you're not going to hear in the news six block radius but if you live or work or have a job in there you're parking in in streets and side streets within about a 12-block radius. And within that 12-block radius, the police are not responding either. So um, we've had many reports of people parking their car outside the official chop zone, going in and trying to do whatever job they can, and then they come out and then their their, car is broken into and there will be no police response. There's no police response to those residents that live in that kind of buffer zone who have a burglary, who have vandalism, who have whatever happening to them. So the chop zone, even though it's officially, you know, the barricades are within a a six block radius, the actual like no-go zone, like no police presence, no fire presence, no help, and chaos is actually about 12 blocks. That's really sad because if you live there, if you have a business there, go ahead. Yeah, I think Jenny Durkin is – like Nero fiddling while Rome burns and, and you know, that whole reimagining police thing, I know that's poll tested uh, the name now because defunding the police, I think hit a lot of roadblocks and now they're saying reimagining police. I saw a montage the other night of everyone saying reimagining. So, you know, it's the talking point that's come down from on high. So uh, yeah, I, it, it's crazy. So uh, anything else you want to say about Chaz or Chop or do you want to move on to getting to know your neighbors? Yeah, let's move on because Chaz and Chop makes me get, I just start seeing red after all. But I just want to let, you know, obviously let our, oh my gosh, let our, let, especially KHNC listeners know this is what's really happening. It's not going to go away. It's going to continue to grow just like it, just like we've seen in other cities. And so if you live near a big city, this is why it's good to get to know your neighbors. So yeah, so yeah, let's change topics because this one's old. We've beaten this one up enough. Yeah, there we go. So yeah, we beat that dead horse. So your last podcast, well, you had your Intel guy on and he was talking about how to do a site survey of your community and know what's out there and getting to know your neighbors and your local sheriff and, and all those things. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that's really important. We, we don't know our neighbors now. I think we kind of stay in our house. Hopefully you do know your neighbors, but if you don't, talk about that a little bit. I think that's super important. Oh, super important. And so, and, and I love this example of this couple out of St. Louis. And you just said it. They called the police, no response. And here's what, here's if I lived in their neighborhood, called the local neighborhood watch. Obviously, there was a neighborhood watch organized. And those are always, those are always, you know, depends on who's, who's involved and what your neighbors are really like. But if you're calling on your neighborhood watch and you get no response, 
you just got a really good indicator of what your what's going on with your neighbors, and you might want to go to the next meeting and say, "Hey, what, what uh, I is this a neighborhood watch or is this just?" on paper you know seriously so i encourage yeah get to know your neighbors and um and that's and and what does that mean does that mean having bridge club once a month maybe i don't know but it's getting to know your neighbors and seeing how they respond in stressful situations um we live out in the country so our neighbors are definitely a distance away but when i lived in the in the high density city of Portland, Oregon, I knew who my neighbors were and I knew where they stood politically. And there were several people in that were neighbors by proximity that had Black Lives Matter signs up and things like that. So I know in a crisis that I may not be able to call on them. And that's good to know. You need to know that. That doesn't mean be unneighborly and be unfriendly, but it's good to know who you can call on. A couple of times in the neighborhood I lived in in Portland, there were emergency situations where I had to act quickly and I had to call the police. And I had to kind of stand up and like make a stand firm, not quite like the St. Louis couple, but basically like you need to leave now. And my neighbors took notice of that of me. Okay, in a crisis, and I even had somebody email me saying, "Boy, when, when the SHTF happens, when you know, when what we as preppers call, you know, the big collapse happens, I know I can call on you." So it's one of these things: get to know your neighbors and watch how they respond in crisis situations. I can tell you right now that my neighbor across the street, when I lived in Portland. She couldn't handle it when the toilet overflowed. I mean, she would just cry and just kind of crumble. Okay, she's not going to call on her. In fact, she might even be somebody that taps resources and, and, and needlessly uses up resources. So get to know your neighbors. The other way, and we've done this here where we live because we live out in the country, we've gotten to know just through the relationships have Glenn and I have lived here, gotten to know our neighbors by just having a barbecue, chatting about what we think about what's going on. And this is a good good weekend. And this is a good weekend to have a barbecue, don't you think? All right. Hey, we'll be right back with Shelby Gallagher. Prepping prepping 2.0. We'll be right by. Stand by, folks. Morgan and folks coming up. And welcome back. Final segment, Patriot Radio News Hour. At the beginning of the show today, I said this was National Watch a Meteor Day. Well, this day in history in 1908, a mysterious explosion, possibly the result of a meteorite, levels thousands of trees in a remote region of Siberia with a force approaching 20 megatons. That would have been something to see. And, you know, these always pop up on YouTube out of Russia. I think everybody in Russia drives around with a dash cam on their car and records everything. Some of the best car crash videos you can watch on YouTube are out of Russia. So, uh, hey, uh, our special guest is Shelby Gallagher. She's with us today. Shelby, I have six pages of notes. I got through a page and a half. We're going to have to have you back on at some time soon. So uh, how about oh, yeah. Thursday, right? Yeah. So, hey, so tell us about how yes. do we how do we listen to, read all things Prepping 2.0 and Shelby Gallagher and a great safe book series. Tell us, how do we do it? Well, so if you're a KJNC listener, you know that our podcast radio show is aired on KJNC on the weekends, which is great. But to find out everything, to just the launching point for all things that my husband, Glenn Tate, and I do is prepping2-0.com. You can listen to past episodes there. You can listen to the Friday Open Forum show that he and I have started to do since I've been home with COVID 
you know, stay-at-home orders. Um, there's a link there for that. You can shop our merchandise, which has been kind of fun. Um, you can find all the different, you know, uh, iTunes and Spotify ways to listen to us. So, yeah, it's a great place to kind of go. And then there are also um, tabs there where you can launch off and see um, uh, Glenn Tate's books, the 299 Days series, or my series that's now – you know, fiction that's become somewhat factual, a great state series, which is an I love series because I grew up in Colorado and I make so much of um, probably half that series takes place in Colorado. And I really made a point to make it. If you live in Colorado, you're like, yep, is not just me making up stuff about Colorado. I really try to make it to meaningful to those folks who live there and breathe there. Same with the Oregon, that matters. So yeah, so that's where you can find out everything about us and start from ground zero and launch from there wherever you want to go. That's awesome. So we're so glad that you came on today. With, on, on our way out, tell us about your fictional warlord character in your book and how that relates to modern day events. Well, I, I wrote about a warlord that takes over kind of a homeless, uh, a city-endorsed homeless camp in Portland during the riots. Does that sound familiar? And he is not a nice person, but he comes across at first as a nice person, and he has political connections, and it's based on a real person in Portland. So my eye out to see if the person that I base that character off of kind of rises to the top. But um, his name is Tease, T-E-E. It's a, and it's a nickname he has, and he's a person. And um, out of Chop came, strangely enough, kind of this warlord type guy that goes around um, it within this money, give us, or we're going to vandalize your property or home. And uh, Mayor Durkin initially came out saying that that went on her summer of love to her sort of verbiage, but um, Rat is actually a, a warlord. Within the tease, yeah, there was there was uh, somebody the other day that rented his Airbnb and, and uh, vandalized it. I think uh, what a mess! All right, thanks a lot, Shelby, for being with us today. We appreciate it, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks a lot for listening in. We'll be back again tomorrow, same bat time, same bat channel. Stay tuned, Patriot Radio News Hour. Thanks for listening. <laughs>